This is Witches, Bitches, and Dead People with Intuitive Oracle Jamie Hearn. Jamie stirs the cauldron with witches, shamans, healers, psychics, and mediums who bravely share their power and give you insight into what conversations with dead people really look like. It's probably not what you think. Sometimes hilarious, sometimes macabre, and always informative. Hello and welcome back to Witches, Bitches, and Dead People. I'm Jamie Hearn, and this has to be one of the best names of a company for anyone I've interviewed thus far. I'm excited to introduce you to Liz Enton. Liz began examining if there was evidence of an afterlife and anything paranormal in 2015 following the passing of her father. While she still considers herself skeptical and an atheist, although she's a cultural Jew, the evidence really blew her away. She's the author and podcast host of What the Fuck Just Happened? I love it. Like, it doesn't get any better, right? She's also an entrepreneur with a startup focused on lowering waste. Whygetwasted.com. This girl has the best names ever. Fun fact about Liz that has nothing to do with the afterlife. She has a chihuahua, Peanut, who is famous for chasing and scarring Harvey Weinstein. <laughs> I love it. Um, scaring, not scarring. Oh, scar- scaring. Sorry. That's- I wish, I wish it was the other. That's now so much cooler. I wish. <laughs> Maybe we should switch it. <laughs> I think I need to change this story now. Emotionally scarring, maybe. Well, I guess that will take what we can get, right? Yeah. <laughs> Welcome, Liz. I'm super excited to chat with you. Oh my god, this is my favorite intro ever. You know, the first person who brought up the Harvey thing is normally people just pick the part of my bio, the zero waste, if it's zero waste related, the what the fuck, if it's what the fuck spirituality and science related. So I love you brought that up. <laughs> well, I mean, that's a fun fact. It's and super fun. My cousin actually has a chihuahua named Peanut. So it was like, perfect. I'm like, that's awesome. <laughs> Oh my God. I love that. Yes. (laughs) So every time that I remember or that I'm called, I draw a card. So today's card is humility. Interesting. And it it suggests that um, your help in every way is delighted in receiving. Wait, does that? Yeah. Yeah, receiving. So that's what it, that's what it's talking about. Aww. It's a really cool card too. That is cool. That means so, that I'm delighted when I get help or I think I think it's recommending that you find the joy in receiving cuz sometimes that's not easy. Like we're programmed to be givers and it's not always easy to be on the other side of the table. It's kind of a vulnerable position sometimes. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, you always feel a little awkward. Like, is this person feeling completely obligated to me? Is this annoying for them? Am I asking too much? You know? (laughs) Right. All the things. Um, Exactly. So that's the message for you from from the, the cosmos today. But let's dive into you and your story. So... Let's go back to 
when your dad passed and okay. I, I'm sorry to hear that your dad passed. My dad also passed when I was pretty young and sometimes I'm sad about it. I mean, I'm always sad about it, but sometimes I'm more sad about it. And other times I'm blessed with the recognition that I still have a connection with him and I can still heal all the things that left, left they were left mm -hmm. feeling incomplete. So tell me about your experience. Yeah, I actually relate to what you said because I, I mean, I can't think of anything that would be better to me than the thought that there's an afterlife or that our life continues, our consciousness continues in some way, which is something that I thought there was zero chance of before. Like it's never something that even crossed my mind because it just seemed like total nonsense. So one of my very first thoughts when he passed was, well, actually the very, very first thing was I thought, is there any way to turn back time? because everything else that we read in science fiction seems to come true. So why not that? You know, um, right. You watch a science fiction movie and they have from the seventies or, you know, fifties, whatever. And they have things that are now zoom and iPhones mm -hmm. and <laughs> like, yeah. So people, robots on Mars. I mean, here we, and God, here we are. So I thought, is there any way we can actually turn back time? I mean, I sort of knew it wasn't logical, but just, you know, you kind of are in that mindset where you're like, I'll take anything. And right. Yeah. So I found a book, Time Travel in Einstein's Universe, and it was all about how basically according to physics and, you know, smart people are so much smarter than me, like Albert Einstein are talking about how time is so much more relative. Like the way we perceive it is not really reality. And we actually can time travel in theory. Like according to science, there are ways to do it. It's not practical. Like we can't just go do it because we don't have the capacity to fly close to the speed of light. But and we don't have we don't have the flux capacitor readily available either. Right. Right. <laughs> like we can't just go do it and be like, here, I'm gonna go on a rocket ship. Also, we wouldn't want to because then we'd come back to Earth and like so much more time would have passed and like our loved ones would be old and dead and like people our age and young would be like elderly. So like, why, <laughs> you know, but in theory, I was like, okay, so what else does that mean? I mean, that just means that one of the most fundamental factual things I could think of isn't really how we perceive it. So I was like, so what else? So my next thought was okay. Cause this is why I thought at the time, I think differently now, but I was like, our brains create consciousness, like our firing of neurons and it happened once where I got to be a person and my dad got to be a person. There's nothing in like all these like strict material laws that would prevent that from happening again. And I wouldn't be Liz. I wouldn't be the same person again, but at least I'd get to be somebody and like have an experience. I wouldn't, you know, like why could a bunch of brain cells not create a me again, not create a him? I'm like, okay, I wouldn't have my dad again. But if all you thought before was that when you die, that's it. Like that's still a pretty good deal. So I was like, okay, I'll take it. And then I decided to Google that. I, I just sort of had one other little thought, like, is there anyone anywhere in all history of time who like had some carryover of memory of this? And if so, like, are there any studies on that? I Googled that and that was just, everything changed from there. I found I'm, these two 
Oh yeah, sorry. I'm Go sure ahead. it was a Pandora's box because there are some really compelling stories about people. I mean, insane. And I might not believe the stories themselves, except I found um, two researchers, Dr. Ian Stevenson, who's since passed away, and his protege, Dr. Jim Tucker, and they were child psychiatrists, professors at the University of Virginia, and there's a whole department at the University of Virginia that are studying this. And they were specifically studying cases of kids with past life memories very scientifically and verifying them. And their body of research, I just spent like two weeks doing nothing but reading all of it. And I was just like, I mean, what the fuck? Hence the name of my company, everything I started to find. I, I was like, what the actual fuck is that? So, and then, yeah, then so much more opened up because there's like people at the University of Virginia who are studying like psychic mediums, they're studying um, near-death experiences. Then I found other research groups like Winbridge Institute studying psychic mediums. And I was like, okay, there's something going on. This was just like the start of all of my looking into this. And it just, I mean, it got weirder and weirder as time went on. <laughs> so what's one of the weirdest things you uncovered? Oh my God. I mean, all of this is so weird. Okay. I guess, I mean, I just think the fact that our consciousness seems to not be created by a brain is so weird, but I can tell lots of stories about that. I like medium readings. I once bent a spoon. Um, do you, should you want me to tell about a medium reading or? Yeah, reading totally. Or? That'd be awesome. Okay. Well, I'll start with medium readings. I mean, I started reading all these up to quintuple blinded studies through Winbridge that, that conducted by Dr. Julie Beischel and Mark Bacuzzi. They're the co-founders of Winbridge and they did up to quintuple blinded studies on psychic mediums to see if they could get accurate information under really tight controls. And I was like, this seems like the biggest like bullshit, but the way it's written, it's like literal, like, blinded studies and i i don't see why would someone go spend all this time writing like these fake blinded studies like that's not exactly a big money maker people aren't downloading these like scientific research papers to read about this and there were other institutes doing things like this so i was like this is the weirdest thing i'm so embarrassed i'm gonna go get my own medium reading but i'm not telling anyone ever except like my mom so i like found a couple one I found from Winbridge which I can go into it was just such a maybe coincidence that this was the one I picked so I write this Sister, one woman there yeah are no coincidence <laughs> that's what people say so I wrote two I just like went down the Winbridge list and was like oh, I'll just pick like the first one that pops up who happens to be in New York and her name's Laura Lynn Jackson so I write her and I find out it's like this long wait list and but that comes in later because she ended up like introducing like I met like my mentor who like sadly passed away but was like my heart and rock and I met my mentor through her and like all these friends and but that's all their story I mean in a million years I was like she's gonna be a fraud but I'll try it you know <laughs> I mean that was my thought but this insanely long wait list so I get the name of this other medium like not being researched has more availability, no scientists. Like I get her through, like my mom still thinks this is such bullshit. I mean, now she's kind of opened her mind because of years of this, but like my mom would never have known anyone who went to a medium, but coincidentally, <laughs> again, okay, not that's, coincidentally. But, but that's I awesome. Go, like, cause yeah, my mom her friend, well, her friends 
like a colleague of hers had sadly passed away and I see his wife at an event and she's like, oh, so I went to a medium and I was like, what? Okay. My mom's like, oh fuck, like here we go again with my daughter. So she's yeah. all on the wall, like this whole in the wall medium. I'm like, it's gonna be nothing. She, I put, she knew all this stuff. It was crazy. I'd say that like, especially cause it was early on was the weirdest thing. I, mean, I love And it. then it's just been weird thing after weird thing since then. And, but. And I love that your mom, like wasn't real warm to this idea because my mom still calls it that talking to dead people shit. <laughs> I still call it stuff like that, even though I think it's real now, most likely real. I'm like, oh, this idea dead people shit. I like your mom. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. Everybody likes her who doesn't have to live with her. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. So I, I love that you had such a great experience with a medium kind of off the bat because right. not everybody has that opportunity to find a really connected, authentic medium. I've had so many bad readings. And what's crazy is, you know, I mentioned that woman, Laura, and she was part of an organization, Forever Family Foundation, that scientifically investigates mediums and certifies them. And I ended up volunteering there. But through there, I mean, they're really good ones. And I became really close friends with one of them, Joe, per well, a few, but Joe Peretta is probably one of the ones I've become closest with. And early on, we're talking and he's like, you're so skeptical. What even brought you to a medium in the first place? Because I've had many readings since then. And a lot are terrible. Some are really, really good. And I, um, I kind of told him the story and he asked the medium's name. I, I don't actually give it because she's quit doing readings. It doesn't want her name out there anymore but I'd never seen her since then he's like oh I know her I was like no I mean you have the wrong one because there's someone else with her name that's well known and he's like no no I know her and I described her and her you know and he's like that's her he's like I cannot think of a better medium for you for your first reading he's like she's no emotion she's just like give evidence evidence it's all about proof science facts nothing else and I, I mean that was exactly what I needed he's like she puts no fluff in just evidence and I was like, that's so, I mean, it's just so perfect. And, you know. Yeah. And I honestly prefer that. Like, I don't mm -hmm. like when people put fluff in and try to make a reading resonate more. I'm just mm -hmm. like, just give me the facts. What you got? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. To me, it's like science. And that has such a strength and beauty and emotion and power in itself. Because I'm like, I'm not trying to be like befriend the medium. I want to talk to my dad but most of all I want evidence that we actually survive bodily death because that's so remarkable you know yeah so what other evidence have you garnered over this journey oh my god so much I mean do you want me to stick a little more with stuff I've personally experienced or all the data I've read because I can talk about both yeah tell tell us whatever you feel compelled to share because I, I mean I'm fascinated I want to hear it all Okay. Well, for me, it's been like, I think the, well, there's more I've gotten in terms of data and studies because, you know, there's only so much I could personally experience. I haven't had these strong past life memories. I haven't had a near death experience, but I think it's when I started to read all this data, it's in different parts. There's near death experiences and if you're really interested in that, there's some really great researchers. One is that really stands out is Dr. Bruce Grayson. There's Dr. Sam Parnia, who are traditional 
medical doctors. Dr. Sam Parney is a cardiologist. Dr. Bruce Grayson is a psychiatrist and both have been studying near-death experiences. That's when someone passes away physiologically and then they're resuscitated, like medically resuscitated and they come back and they report just these crazy stories. And to me, that combined with, you know, mediumship, near-death experiences, it's what, you know, kids with past life memories, when you start to put it all together, it's just something's going on. And what I really like in the near-death experiences, I can tell kind of a funny story about it is- Yeah, um, totally. Yeah. I mean, there's some that are funny, some that are moving, but there's a type of near-death experience. And these are the ones I take the most seriously. They're called veridical NDEs. Uh, and that means that there was something that happened that was proven to be true, that the person who passed away could not have known. Now, they're a part of near-death experiences that I still think still think give them a lot of credibility is there's a consistency. People say they see this light. They have these powerful experiences of love. Even 40 years later, they remember the NDE is if it happened yesterday, they see deceased loved ones, and it's all these consistencies. And so the veridical ones are where they will also say they floated out of body and they will see things that are going on maybe in the hospital waiting room, or they'll see things going on with their family. And when they will say, you know, while they were clinically dead, they report things that went on in the hospital in the, in, you know, during their resuscitation, but their family was talking about the room next door. And these are what make them veridical. So I just think this is one like funnier version of them. And you hear many of them. So this one doctor, he, you know, doctors are working crazy hours and he's working on the ER and he has a patient and the doctor hasn't gotten to eat and the patient's not doing well and they bring the patient's lunch in for the patient but there's no way the patient's going to eat and during that time the patient flatlines passes away is resuscitated and at that same time the doctor who'd been working insane hours hungry just gobbled the patient's sandwich knowing that the patient wasn't going to be able to eat so the patient has a near-death experience comes back and he was in a coma during that time. So it wasn't like he was awake and then had a cardiac arrest. It was completely unconscious, had been so for quite a while. And I believe had a cardiac arrest or some form where he passed away and then was resuscitated. And a few days later, he comes back and he reports being out of his body and seeing what went on and light, seeing the light. And then he starts teasing the doctor. He's like, what the fuck? You stole my lunch, right? You're supposed to be taking care of me and I have my food. And you come in and you eat my lunch. And the I'm dying over so here. You're just eating my lunch. <laughs> exactly. Pretty much. And he's That's like, what's wrong awful. with you? And the doctor was that. so embarrassed. And it was so unprofessional. It was like one of those things doctors like no one will ever know, you know. But I, you know, the doctor is a good doctor. And he needed sustenance to be able to keep the day, you know, working well. So. That's fantastic. And I yeah. love that the that the guy was like just funny about it. Like Yeah. 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 <laughs> he sounds like he had a good sense of humor. And that's one of the funnier ones. Some are more emotional and heavy and you know, in a beautiful, good, positive way, because it's giving great evidence. But you know, they're that's still the person could not have known that. And there are other times where like they'll see 
you know, a conversation between their family, you know, I'd say there's that one. And then one other one that's kind of funny too. I mean, I feel like this is the podcast. I can stick with the more funny ones, you know, things like that. So it's another where like Dr. Bruce Grayson was a starting out psychiatrist, the first ND he heard of, and he was young and in his first job and he was in another room and spilled spaghetti sauce on his tie and he's like that's so embarrassing that's so unprofessional and he makes sure no one's in the room he wipes his tie buttons his coat so no one will see it and um there was a college girl who I believe had attempted suicide and was in a coma but came out of it and she talked on NDE during that time and she also said oh I saw you in the other room trying to get the spaghetti sauce covered off your tie so those are the two like lighter, funnier, but there's a lot of just miraculous ones. With, I mean, I consider the funny ones as miraculous as the emotional, but I mean, the poor absolutely. Dr. Grayson, you know, well, and I'm entertained way. by how the patients were like, yep, I saw you. <laughs> I saw you. I mean, which can have a lot of connotations that are more awkward if you think about it, but sure. But you know, you know. yeah, <laughs> well, yeah. Oh, people ask me all the time. They're like, so are dead people like watching me in the bathroom? Do they watch me take a shower? I'm like, they don't care what you're doing. Like, yeah, yeah they're, they're, they're probably watching and they're not interested. So stop being all sensitive about it. Right. That's, I mean, it's definitely awkward. I asked mediums that the beginning, but it's kind of like, probably like if we're watching a baby, you know, or watching like a dog. You know, I mean, yeah, like they just exist with us. So it's all good. Right. Um, So tell us about the spoon bending. Oh, my God. The spoon bendings. This was so much fun. So um, so it has a few parts to it. First of all, I've been taking a class at the time with a parapsychologist. Do I need to explain that? Does everyone know what that is or? Why don't you go ahead and explain it? I think most of our listeners probably are pretty aware of (laughs) parapsychology, but go ahead. That is someone who scientifically researches and investigates everything from like claims of inexplicable experiences in houses. I mean, people say haunted houses, but that sounds so sensationalist you know so they're actually they take a really serious scientific approach and they'll study mediums afterlife evidence basically anything paranormal inexplicable by quote-unquote normal means and so his name's Lloyd Arbach and he's teaching a class at the Rhine and this is very still early in my research and he one of the things he mentions in one of his classes was spoon bending. And I always thought that was a magic trick. So I was like, what is he saying that's real? So I write a note to myself. I was like, if this is real, then I'm going to give this evidence even more credibility. I mean, there were a lot of things I said that about along the way as like many <laughs> years of skepticism. And I still consider myself skeptical. I've just seen things that have drawn me to conclude that there's something going on. There's more so, to it than maybe we knew. Exactly. So I write a note to myself, like, find a spoon bending workshop. And the next day I was going to um, that woman I mentioned, Laura Lynn Jackson, the medium. She was having a work, like a day of like a talk and 
giving group medium readings. And I'll just mention, she's the one, she introduced me to my mentor, Fran Ginsberg, who was one of the co-founders of Forever Family Foundation. Mm. And so I go to this event and suddenly Laura mentions we're going to be doing spoon bending. I'm like, that's so weird. I was just thinking about that yesterday. And I'll also mention, I went with one of my friends. Um, he was the CTO of my first startup and he's kind of like a big guy. And I know no one's seeing me now, but I'm like a pretty small like woman, like five, four, not strong. And so we go to this spin bending we go to this event and then she's like okay so we're doing spin bending i'm like no like this what no like bullshit so i take out a spoon and we do all these like steps we're like staring at it and then we'll say bend and i don't expect anything but before you know you test you try to bend it with your strength and i look over and these people are like balling up their spoons and I'm like what the fuck that's crazy <laughs> why and is I it like, mind bending well I was more like how why are theirs bending this is the weirdest thing I've ever seen this doesn't happen and then suddenly I felt my hands get really hot and the spoon got really really hot but didn't hurt it was like I just basically barely had to tap it and the front bent the like little part you put in your mouth just bent right over and my friend who's much stronger than me was not able to bend his at all. And I was like, that's uh, so weird. And then there's like, it just, it got weirder. Like I went to another one a few years later that Lloyd Arbach was running. And in my group, it was me and like four, like pretty small women who are all psychic mediums. I'm the only one with no abilities in the group, like another medium, Janet Mayer no, was in it. No, listen, you are the only one who hasn't claimed yours yet. Don't tell <laughs> us you don't have any, because you know you do. <laughs> okay, well, everyone has a little bit, but no one should pay me to do it. I won't it. I'll put it that way. So, what, so it's, they're all people who are much more like, much better at doing this than me, I'll say. <laughs> They're all professional psychic mediums. So I, um, Lloyd Arbach again was running it and he put all these spoons like on the table and we were all picking them up and I can't bend them at all. And all these other like Janet Mayer, I think a medium Elodie, I believe was, I forget her name, but they're bending them just like instantly. So I'm taking, I start handing mine to them and they're just like bending them up, like twisting them. And I'm like, okay, we're all about the same strength and they're bending the spoons that I can't. So there's something, you know, that doesn't mean they're not trick spoons. I know these people, I trust them. They're not lying. You know, this is being run by Lloyd Arbach. I've gotten to trust, you know, also back up and mention, I completely trust Laura who ran the first one. So there's something about getting to know the people behind this, but it's, I was, I mean, there's just, this is completely all types of like ways that this can be explained, quote unquote, normally don't apply. So I was just like, I put those two together and there's no denying something really weird happened. So that was a huge, like, what the fuck experience I'd say. But that's super cool to be able to witness the physical manifestation of 
energetic expression. I love this. Right. I, I love that you had that experience and you went back and did it again. That's super cool. Yes. Oh yes. I would go again if the opportunity comes up. I've definitely had like I've been hanging out with some of the mediums I'm friends with and I'll be we'll be drinking. I'm like, do you have a spoon? Let's try it. And I, I mean I haven't been able to do it since then, but I'm totally gonna dive into that and work on that this weekend. Oh my God, <laughs> let me know how it goes. Well I have I have two kids and one of them is like supercharged energetically mm -hmm. like connected he's he can be 200 miles away and we communicate telepathically and my husband is just like that's just a bunch of bullshit I don't know what you're like he texted you I'm like nope didn't have to anyway uh -huh. I'm, I'm gonna try it with him yes but, oh my god let me know how it goes so before we wrap up we have to hear the Harvey Weinstein chasing, scaring, AKA emotionally oh scarring story. God. Okay. So this is part of it's like kind of horrible, but it's pretty, most of it's pretty funny to be totally honest. My friend who was my roommate was sexually assaulted by Harvey Weinstein while she was assisting him and I was interning in fashion and I had an apartment that she was and we were roommates for a few months over the summer and while well, I was doing fashion internship and then Peanut was living with me, our family dog. And basically one day he busts into the apartment and the, my she reached out to me while I'm on the shoot and she was like, Harvey busted in and we kind of said stuff about it. And one thing she said at that time was that Peanut chased him around and he was running in terror and he's like what is this get it away from me <laughs> and then like there are more layers to it and sadly like he's actually assaulted her and then I end up being an eyewitness to all of this and testifying and his lawyers were doing their everyone deserves a really good lawyer no matter your socioeconomic status ideally everyone would be able to afford the kind of lawyers he can get and you know and there were great lawyers on the other side, you know, that, you know, Miriam and, you know, all the other women were really fortunate to have. And I go and testify and his lawyers are kind of using like very, I would say like offensive, like sort of rape cliches. And mm. I was just there, like I'm telling the truth. And basically, well, I'll also back up because I was the only one who's like either wasn't attacked by him or wasn't a celebrity. So I was like, I just don't want to be in the press. Cause like, I don't know what I'm doing. What if I say something stupid? What if I get embarrassed or uncomfortable? I mean, I'm not a lawyer. I, sure. and they're like, Oh, you won't be in the press. Like you're the only one who's not famous. And you're the only one who's, you're the only one testifying who's both not famous and was not sexually assaulted by Harvey. I'm like, perfect. Okay. So in the testimony, it comes up that peanut chased Harvey, his lawyers, start saying stupid like rape cliches and I basically rip her a new one and so I go completely viral I, more than anyone <laughs> like viral I don't, want, I don't want to be seen but at this point I was happy because of what was like it came out well but like it goes completely viral like of course all peanut gets like an episode on like court tv <laughs> That's like the page six has like headlines saying like Harvey Weinstein was once one of the most powerful men in Hollywood, but he was no match for Peanut the Chihuahua. 
<laughs> so like peanuts everywhere. And then it's kind of mentioned how I like, as my friend, to quote my friend, ripped his lawyer a new one. And that's there. So both of these are mentioned in conjunction, but mainly peanut just like everywhere. Peanut is my spirit animal. I love it. <laughs> oh my God. It was just, you know, I was like, it, I, never in a million years. I mean, she was in like other countries. Like there was probably like over, a th- I, when I was Googling after, there was like a thousand articles on her in all these different languages. Like <laughs> what was one called? One like article was called like four witnesses and a chihuahua or something. <laughs> So it's just That's fantastic. everywhere. Yeah. And it's just. Well, and well, yeah. And then they ask I, him, the press asked him. That, oh, sorry. No, no, go ahead. Oh, no. The press asked him as he's leaving. Because they, they asked me, they're like, do you want to walk past the press line? I was like, no, like no one's going to give a shit who I am. That, that's just stupid. I'm going to just, I'll take you out the backside. Like they were like, it's up to you. And apparently what I didn't know is as he was walking, all the press was like surrounding him. Like, excuse me, Mr. Weinstein, are you afraid of chihuahuas? And it was just, just peanut, just peanut. (laughs) So that's the Harvey peanut story. That's fantastic. And peanut is the perfect note to wrap up our, our conversation on. Um, I really enjoyed chatting with you and I'm so happy that you're sharing this perspective of afterlife evidence with the world. Yes. Thank you so much. It was so much fun being on this. Well, we will definitely leave some links so you can find Liz and do some research about her and what the fuck just happened and all of the other things she has going on in the world. Thanks for listening this week. See you next week on Witches, Bitches, and Dead People. Peace and badass magic. Thank you for listening to Witches, Bitches, and Dead People with Jamie Hearn. If you like what you heard, please subscribe, rate, and review at Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen in. 